I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And I'm Ryan. And today we watched Disney's Treasure Planet. This is technically Disney's like third adaptation of of Treasure Island. Um, they have the live action one. I, I don't remember what it's from, but it's it's relatively old. They have the Muppets one, and now this one. Yes. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I don't believe they've done any since. So this is the latest. So yeah, so spoiler-free synopsis. Um, it definitely follows John Lewis Stevenson's uh, Treasure Island uh, novel as far as the main characters and the, the general idea of it. Instead, you have kind of a futuristic uh, cyborg space type of uh, world where Jim Hawkins is in a, again, an inn with his mom and then they meet Billy Bones or Billy Bones finds them, crashes on their planet, they get the map, and then the adventure begins, uh, bef- not before Silver and his crew, and you don't know that yet, but destroy the inn, and then they're off on looking for the, the treasure. And so it pretty much follows, uh, again, lots of neat, futuristic, all kinds of different species, characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I left anything out? or um, anyone No, no yeah, uh, just for, for people who aren't actually familiar with the source. Yeah, it's basically that from Billy Bones they get... Uh, a treasure map, more or less. And so they're trying to find where this fabled pirate's lost treasure is. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. that's it. Um, what did what did we think of this movie? Uh, no spoilers, of course, but, but yeah, what'd you guys think of it? Do you think you'd probably generally recommend it? I definitely liked it, and I would recommend. Yes. It, it was enjoyable. Um, yeah, I guess I'd recommend it. Um, it was fun excited to delve into that tone (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i also agree recommended um if you're the kind of person who enjoys animated films you'll enjoy this yeah no i think i think it's overall pretty solid it's certainly not perfect but it does it deserved better than uh to be the flop that it is generally remembered as certainly um, yeah, it's a fun, fun, fun adventure movie. If if you like the two yeah. thousands Disney movies like this and um, Atlantis, if you if you like mm-hmm. Disney's Atlantis, you'll probably enjoy this too. Uh, they're in the same sort of mold. Yeah. Let's get specific. So uh, I'll throw a couple of fun facts about um, budget, box office, and some development things, and then we can start really getting into the story and the characters and those sorts of things. So this was made with a budget of $140 million, uh, making it the the most expensive traditionally animated film ever made. Oh, wow. To this day still. Yes, to this day still. Wow. It bombed at the box office, making only $38 million in the United States and Canada, and just shy of $110 million worldwide. So not enough to even make up for the basic production costs, let alone any sort of advertising costs. Um Development stuff. Clements and Musker were the directors of this, and they had been trying to get the go-ahead to make this particular movie since 1985, the same year that they pitched The Little Mermaid. 
their initial pitch was rejected by Michael Eisner, who knew Paramount Pictures was developing a Star Trek sequel with the Treasure Island angle, which was a movie that eventually went unproduced. Uh, so they pitched it again in 1989, following the release of The Little Mermaid and its huge success, uh, but were again rejected. Following the release of Aladdin, they pitched it a third time, and Katzenberg was like, I'm just not interested, guys. Um, so they were real pissy about that. Please stop kind of saying these words to me. I don't <laughs> yeah, like them, much. and I never will. <laughs> exactly. So they decided to go um, complain to a different dad, um, Roy E. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> um, and, and they were like, please... please do this for us and he was like okay sure and so he backed them and made uh his wishes known to eisner and uh eisner was finally like okay sure and also katzenberg during this period left so he wasn't a problem anymore (laughs) in 1995 their contract was renegotiated to allow them to commence development on treasure planet once hercules was was completed so um they fight they finally got to do their thing (laughs) um since um, they wanted to be able to move the camera around a lot, like Steven Spielberg or James Cameron, the delay in production ended up being kind of beneficial to them um, since the technology had developed um, since their initial pitches and allowed them to, to more closely do what they wanted um, with digital cameras and stuff. And then finally, Clements wanted to create a space world that was warm and had more life to it than you would normally think of in a science fiction film, as opposed to the stainless steel blue smoke coming from the bowels of heavy pipeline treatment of science fiction. Uh, In order to make the film fun by creating more exciting action sequences and because they uh, thought that having the characters wear spacesuits and helmets would take all the romance out of it, the crew created the concept of the Ethereum, an outer space filled with atmosphere. Sphere. So they're like, we don't want to have everyone in clunky spacesuits the whole time. So they just did away with that. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess for, uh, for that, I really, I kind of just accepted it. I, I remember that yeah. they mentioned Ethereum at some point, but I didn't actually. In the storybook at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually connect it with like, so therefore we don't have to wear spacesuits. It's like, oh, this yeah. is just this in space. Okay, uh, like yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. wasn't complaining yeah, about. I didn't even think I, I wouldn't be able to breathe. So yeah. yeah, like I think they have the explanation in there for like people who like care about sci-fi and want explanations for things. But yeah, I don't think the movie like draws attention to it or makes you think about it. Yeah, you're just like I, yeah. I honestly didn't even make that connection. I just thought they were using the word Ethereum as some sort of like weird world-specific word for space. Sure. Yeah. And and mm. and the. Uh, the fact that they could breathe in space was just hand waved. They just didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah, like it's just not important. Yeah, no, that's hmm. uh, you're you're mentioning like sci-fi terms or whatever. Made me think of one of the deleted scenes, the uh, original opening or whatever, where they don't have the opening pirate attack as a um, storybook thing, but it's like something that adult Jim Hawkins is narrating and like mm-hmm. just the first couple of words in the first like two sentences out of his mouth are, is just sci-fi jargon. <laughs> just like <laughs> BS words that mean nothing to anyone. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably best that we didn't start the movie with those words. And I have to tease but... you. You said Hawkins. It's Hawkins. Jim wow. Hawkins. No, that's cute. No, I, I, yeah. Just in case any of our listeners are <laughs> except, like, except did that she you have say been Hawkins? <laughs> I know. It's going to be Snow White all over again. <laughs> 
what I, I love that they didn't I love that they didn't completely do away with all of the the sci-fi uh tropes like the yeah. tropes of sci-fi yeah. stuff like they still did the whole like he, he's bigger than a klezmorgian yeah whisper sloth <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes, like yes. that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, some of that was there certainly, and I think that's that's good. That's fun, yeah. like texture, but it's it, yeah. maybe not the best choice to have opened with it. So I see why they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I, as far as the production and sure. uh, the cost and all of that, some some of the movies that you've talked about, they didn't do well at the box office, but they did. Um, once video and all that came out has this ever this recovered did, this did better on video than it did in the theaters um i don't know that it ever it it didn't do well enough to like kind of make up for the black mark that it became to disney yeah this is really no That's atlantis uh yeah. like i feel like atlantis has more of a cult following than this movie yeah does. this this movie has a decent cult following oh, that's but good. yeah I, I think atlantis had one earlier um Mm -hmm. i I mean this is like what like five years later which is kind of enough for it to hit so a little bit of a different age demographic for some people yeah um there's some people who definitely like like to talk about this online yeah it it hit a weird uh spot in the the box office because it, it was going up against a lot of like competition at the time what it was like two or three weeks after animation Harry Potter. Bo- yeah, second Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And it was going up against a, uh, uh, oh, was it one of the uh, Ghibli films oh, at the time mm-hmm. as well? Was it actually released at the same time? I know, I, I remember seeing that it, it um, awards-wise, it shared, went, it, against, went up against Spirited Away, which it obviously lost. Yeah. Uh, I think it was also sharing bo- uh, theater space at the same time. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. that is rough. Hmm. Yeah, if I had a, a choice, Spirited Away would be my choice. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, Spirited Away deserves to win, obviously. But um, that's rough. Uh, yeah, And I there's, like, conspiracy theories from people that, like, Disney purposefully, like, left this to die or whatever. But I think, I just, I don't think that they For that much realized. And, and I, they had big plans for, like, sequels and TV series and stuff that indicates that, like they thought this would do well. So I, I think that as most conspiracy theories is uh, not right. Yeah. Well, and now since we're in specifics, it's really a shame because I am, I love, I love treasure Island and I'm, those listeners that recall, I'm a teacher and I have taught, you know, over the years I've taught treasure Island and I've, of course, my favorite of all time is my one time I get to say this is Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island, which I love, love, love. I um, Tim Curry's depiction of Long John Silver is the best depiction ever. I also love Jim Hawkins, but I also love the novel because when I taught it in school, I we would start with the novel. You know, of course, we'd read the novel and then I would show Muppet Treasure Island and I would show, I don't. I'm trying to think. I might have even shown some excerpts, uh, excerpts from uh, Treasure um, Treasure Planet, and I would show even like the the ships and the type of ships they sell from Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that. But anyway, I I love 
the story that is true to characters. And what I feel like this movie did so well and I loved, and it really brought tears to my eyes, was the relationship it developed between Long John Silver and Jim Hawkins. And I just, that just endeared so much. That just warmed my heart. And especially that last scene when, I mean, that just got to me because it's, you know, of course, the the Disney version. Oh, that's the first movie. That's right. That I would show my students the mm. original Disney version of Treasure Island, which I mean, is nothing compared to this as far as development or even how much you like John uh, Long John Silver. It's just the, the, uh, if you, the old, like I said, Disney movie. I think so, it's fair to say that both this and the Muppet one, yes. like Long John Silver has boatloads of charisma. Exactly. Yeah. And it really yeah. comes out, you know, in, the, in those two movies. It didn't in the original one. Uh, but yeah. And so, and then again, that, that relationship and that kind of surrogate father, it, it, this, did, this movie did that justice. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree. I think that is its strongest point is the relationship between them. Um I Absolutely. Little little things. Um I like that the book is, you know, it's like a book but it's got hologram stuff. That's cool. And I, I liked that it like took a moment for the book to start back up once he opened uh it after initially shutting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we can assume the voice was with the book? I don't know. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's the yeah, yeah. That was the thing. That was cool. I I liked uh, Jim helping the cops name the like specific statute of the law that he broke. Yeah. Just like a little nice touch of like, oh yeah, he's super familiar with this particular thing. <laughs> My favorite with the cop was when it tipped its hat without moving. It just like ratcheted the- upwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Delpert, like in general. Yeah. Um, he's he's just kind of a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I will say, if if I'm comparing again. I'm having to bring in Muppet Treasure Island, but when they have, uh, I guess it's Fozzie Bear, who is the, what is it? Squire the dim-witted, the Squire, yeah, Squire Trelawney's dim-witted son, whatever, talking to his finger. I, I, I would love a Dilbert in, in, instead. So, you know, you hear, you hear that, that he hired the crew, but they don't show him as just some bumbling yo-yo, you know. Yeah, he, interestingly, uh, Delbert Doppler is a combination of the characters Dr. Livesley and Squire Trelawney from Treasure Island. I I don't know the source material enough to know who Dr. Livesley is offhand, but yeah, he's a combo of them. Okay, Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I like that. But yeah, I really did enjoy his character. He's a fun guy. I, I loved his interaction with that frog child. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go away. <laughs> it's very good. Yes. It felt it felt very personal to me. <laughs> like, yep, that, that is how you're like. I see myself respond. on the screen currently. <laughs> um, I like the walking fart joke character. <laughs> yeah, so silly. <laughs> like if you're gonna. Have a character who is a walking fart joke. Uh, I would say this is a better implementation of that uh, than, let's say, robots and uh, mm. that the old robot lady with the big, big butt. I, I'd say this one is yeah. better. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know what? <laughs> Even name the language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and, yes. And my mind doesn't go like to that. But it's literally... when no, I know, I know. But when he was in the hammock above. Jim Hawkins, um, yeah. you know, Hawkins and, and then woke him up and he's like, Ugh. I'm like, okay, I get it now. So there is a smell attached. <laughs> that took you a long time to figure out. I, know. I just, I just didn't think about it also being a very unpleasant uh, aroma around. Is there a smell? Yeah, they... Well, cause he was going, 
Well, I think yeah. to me it was just like it was in his face. Like if somebody oh, okay. blew in your face in the morning, I'd be like, yeah. Like what? I'm not okay. sure if there's always a smell and if it's like definitely farts so much as that particular one was. Yeah, I, w- I, I imagine could, it like someone breathing morning breath in your face. That I yeah, the I sense that, that, it, that there that. was at least some smell at least in that one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Just, fair. The, just from the way Jim responded. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I I do think that they did a good job not going too overboard with that character. Yeah, they definitely they, could. They, they, yeah, they made the point. They 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 made the joke, uh, and then they used it in a a way that progressed the plot a little bit. You know, it woke mm-hmm. him up at the right time or whatever, and and didn't didn't make it too disgusting at every chance. Also, so, not to get too deep into like spoiler territory, but I feel like that's that character just stops appearing eventually. Like I don't. I think like he it. was one of the ones that that uh uh fell fell through the. Yeah. I only remember two in particular that fell, and it won't, and it, and it wasn't him. Like right, right after the mut- mutiny starts, yeah, they they cull that pirate crew. They're like, okay, there's too many here. <laughs> yeah, let's get rid of some all these. <laughs> we don't need all these tailing around down on the planet. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they just dump half of them out of the bottom of the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember. Um, Captain Amelia, um, also known as oh. one of my many early childhood animated crushes. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> um, I love her. Mo- just Emma Thompson. Just purely for the fact that it's Emma She Thompson, does such purely. a great... This is, I mean, this is voice acting, but she's so funny. Mm-hmm. She's... Yeah. Got such a way with her. With her, uh, she really does a great job, and the animation does a great job of like matching what she's doing. It's great. When yeah, and she her, recorded that whole... it while pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, let me since I'm, since we're I'm mentioning slowly it. Steal, I'm slowly stealing all your fun facts. <laughs> well, as you're looking, I was gonna say yeah. While you're looking, wait. Oh quick, no, I found oh, it. Found, this okay. is the first action adventure character that Emma ever played, and she was pregnant during several of the sessions. Uh, she was happy she could do uh, all this action and not have to train for the part. <laughs> oh, that's just, cute. That's she's lovely. just a funny. She's a funny lady. Yeah, I was just gonna say the opening uh, interactions and dialogue between her and Delbert when he first came aboard were just hysterical and she just they play off each other well well and it was just flawless I mean she's basically calling him an idiot in every possible way but it was so (laughs) it was so refined and so so you know uh with such a flair without again it was just so well done she didn't miss a beat I mean like voice you know everything it was great (laughs) yeah she makes a point of, of of showcasing herself as Tact- tactfully honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She mm-hmm. know, knows exactly she, uh, when to use her, her scalpel of honesty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love how you put that. Yes, definitely. Um, I thought that the supernova section was very fun and tense. I think that, think that was well done. Um, just all that, that action scene. Mm, yes, yes. Um, and, and the, um, what, Mr. Arrows, uh, biting it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't oh, expecting Mr. that, because Poor out Mr. of all Arrow. the versions, you know. And, I liked yeah, him. Especially. Yeah. I really like him. Yeah, no, he's, he's fun. He's yeah. a really, they do a great job with him in this. He's a cool character. I, I like, I like a, a, a strong, capable person. I think they're fun. Yeah. I like, I like watching people who are good at what they do. And I think the, um, the animation with his, like, rocky, uh, face, like, it, it yeah. really... I, the animation in general, when it comes to matching the vocal for performances, I think was was excellently done. When she first swings, when the captain first swings down from the the rigging and starts like setting up a, a, a half insult, yeah, 
as she as she starts talking to him about it he like stands at attention and closes his eyes yeah. and as she passes by him he like opens one eye yeah and yeah looks at her he's like i know what you're doing i know what's up <laughs> I re- yeah it, i really liked their back and forth their rapport was really mm-hmm. good so i think that's yeah. part of what made it hurt so much yeah. that he was gone I it's know. like oh i really liked them yeah i did too um I liked the part where Jim put his head on Silver's belly and then Silver, like, has a moment of panic and then hugs him. Very cute. Yeah, that was... Oh, God. Yeah. What do? <laughs> that was interesting, like, framing where he, Silver was out of frame and felt very big to Jim. That was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, the the little morph come to Papa moment of, like, trying to get the dog to come. So yeah. Which which person yes, does the dog yes, love the most? Split loyalties. <laughs> I had forgotten too how much I love Morph. It's just such a fun character. Yeah, I I, ha- I guess it's more in animation, but I, I my note on Morph is that he's like the requisite Disney cute animal sidekick, but also he's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just animation wise, he's well, enjoyable also- to look at, um, and then he's like a little, he's a little scamp. He is and and a well, great well, utility well, to the plot. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and I was going to say is he's he's very helpful and very i mean and sometimes the exact opposite of that when you don't yes, want him to be yes yes but i mean i was it was really neat how the things that he did trying to keep jim safe from i forgot the character's name the really Scroop. the bug scroop from scroop you know with the pie the whatever all of that he kept doing and then someone he bit on the on the leg yeah no let's talk about that i don't like that actually <laughs> i feel like the final confrontation with scroop is actually pretty weak uh, which is a shame because as a kid I adored that character because he's a scary spider dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I accept the pie in the face as like the initial thing. But then when he gets thrown into a thing and sucked up, that should have been the last time we saw him until the end of the fight. Because him coming back and doing like cartoon poking in the eyes is like taking a chance that Jim should have had to to try to turn the fight around you know it's it's taking yeah. agency away from him um and and then especially considering they age jim's character up exactly source material yeah he's not like a little kid he's a teen so he should be able to like exhibit some resourcefulness to turn the situation around even if it's like by a hair you know um and then you know that the gravity goes off. I do have to say I do enjoy Ben's the way that he affects this fight, um, <laughs> like because he's just like causing chaos and making the fight more fun in the process. So I like his involvement. Um, but then once they're they float up or whatever, and Jim's holding onto the flag, like literally earlier in the movie when he kills Arrow, he just snaps the damn rope. Why does he slowly saw it? Like, I mean, I guess he's evil and he's saving he, the chance to kill this problem, this thorn in his side. It was, it was just, it was hard for me to believe because I don't feel like this character's really that much of a savory type. He almost murdered this kid on the bridge earlier in the movie just because he was pissing him off. And and then he, like, took no, so just the he took no savor in, like, killing Arrow, who he had been building up a grudge against him for a while just because he was, like, put in his place earlier. So, but no savoring, he just snaps it. So, like, mm, he wh- does kind of grin at him. He does do that, but he could do the or same with, with Jim. He could just, like, haha, get wrecked and snap it. See, but I think that that's exactly why. I think he had not been, he had not been made to 
deny himself being able to do those sorts of things immediately in the past i feel sure. like you get that that, that he's just used to like well, well he needs to die kills him yeah yeah or something like that but in this instance he was he was denied the chance to do what he wanted in that moment he was forced to wait and so it built in a way that he wasn't used to having to deal with so he, he was building this frustration and and so it was a, a, a new thing for him to to have this this result in the end he had to wait so long to to cut this kid loose and he gets to save her this time i guess so that i mean is... i get it i get that they're definitely going for a, like he gets hoisted on his own petard because if he hadn't taken his time then he would have won but i was gonna say and also what's your alternative like what <laughs> he just cuts it and jim is gone no i mean he can cut it and then jim like jumps real quick like i, I think he can jumps off the air he's hanging in i mean i i think you could have made like even just scroop is is a little farther behind and so jim's scrambling on the thing and manages to jump right as scroop cuts it you know what i mean like i think you can do it um, I, I'll, I'll begrudgingly accept that with your headcanon of what Scroop's inner thoughts are, <laughs> but I'm still going to uh, say that Morph was too involved in the fight. I can agree. Uh, particularly the cartoon fingers and eyes. Yeah, definitely I would say that. Um, and I was just thinking of there was another fight, and I don't know if it was when they were at the you know where they were if it was in spoilers but he bit someone on the leg i don't remember what fight that Maybe, was I because don't i think he was helping both i want to even say silver and jim but i don't know can we talk about ben yeah he's a lot probably a little too much um his animation is fun but i think he i think he needed to be dialed like not necessarily he's, dial martin short back but like maybe don't short have as much of what Martin Short says in there. <laughs> like, man, See, I love it. I think I it's love just a little... the clearly improvised little, little like, taglines and, and, and follow-ups to, to things that were written that he does. Yeah. <laughs> I love every one of them. I just, I love especially his intro, I felt like it went on a little too long, though. Sure. Yeah, I can get behind that. But I, I do love a voice role that, that embraces like the, the chaos of human speech a little more. Like uh, Wheatley in uh, Portal 2. Oh, yeah, Steven yeah, yeah. Wheatley. That was such an amazing oh, voice yeah, that's role. That's such a great one, yes. For a character whose only way of speaking was like his eye lighting up and his uh, a little brow plate moving up. You mean down. his like, only way of emoting? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. no, agreed. That's an amazing... He does. He does an amazing job in that game. Such a good game. I, I so that's why I enjoyed Martin Short's whole performance there. I was perfectly happy with it. Though I definitely, yeah, I could, I could see trim, trimming the, the meeting. Yeah, I feel. I, I think the main parts where he graded on me some was that I felt like the meeting, the first intro to him went on a bit too long, and then um, it's a bit later, um, actually in spoiler section, but what he says isn't spoiler thing. The like randomly shouted line about dancing with Juan or whoever, it it Um, was a bit much. I'm like, okay, sure. It's, it's just felt like he needed to say a funny line at this point and it's not particularly funny. I don't know. I did really enjoy him though. Overall, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. He's just, I love Martin Short, but he I thought I liked job. him over. He, I, I guess probably the way that I feel about him is kind of like how I feel about Jar Jar. Like he's fine in moderation, but he maybe should have been moderated slightly more. Okay. You have any thoughts on 
Ben, babe? Uh, I think it's a spoiler comment. Okay, so we'll wait till spoilers. Um, yeah, do you guys have any other, uh, the next section will be, uh, talking a little more about voice acting in particular, which we've already talked some about, but we'll focus on it a bit more. Uh, anything else with non-spoiler story and character stuff? I, I have a, a few notes of things that, that, uh, I enjoyed, but I'm not going to just list them down, but I did, I did enjoy a lot of the, the puns from, uh, Delbert. His, yeah. His Alponian chowder. Y- yes was amazing <laughs> i like just 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 choice his Freudian slips were were interesting calling yeah. jim a, a felon like yeah, that's just rude yeah, that, that, that fellow and uh, what, what the was the uh, adorable the, the line that he said to amelia at one point uh about how it could be useful or something i forget what the pun was that was an interesting one it was like uh Rome, like Rome, not anatomically. Anatomically, was, was the, I think the, that was it. What he messed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't the word he was looking for. Astronomically, yes, said. yes, there you yes, go. that was it. Anatomically, amanonomically, yeah. astronomically. Yes, <laughs> is that the one where he then slaps his face? I think that might have been. Yes. Yeah. Uh, random. Uh, the mom was serving in her tavern powdered spheroids. I thought that was silly. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, and yeah, the mom was interesting. Yeah, uh, she's fun. Yeah, I could see what they were going with. I, I, I don't know. She was, she wasn't there too, too much. Um, but I think she did, had a, a decent impact in the parts that she was. Yeah. I love when, when Jim is most, mostly first meeting uh, Silver down in the galley and they're kind of feeling each other out. And, and Jim, is, Jim is so bad at subterfuge. <laughs> yeah my uh my friend yeah 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 (laughs) talking about a a cyborg he knows it's like like, wow yeah you really have been sheltered on that planet haven't you yeah it's like silver doesn't have to be particularly brilliant to see through this one old gem yeah like it would have been very disappointing if silver had shown anything in response to that. i know right but he doesn't so i know all i can think of not. in that scene too is rizzo the rat going look one leg jim one leg because yeah sorry i think i have to or remove your point. ability to to <laughs> quote from muppet treasure island too <laughs> we're gonna be here all day if i can let you keep doing that mutiny jen mutiny <laughs> Uh, can we, uh, you guys cool with going on to voice acting? Yes. Uh, so I liked that we opened with Judge Claude Frollo narrating <laughs> about space. I mean, he also did like the narration in uh, Beauty and the Beast. So that's prob- that's a bit more of the voice he's hearkening back to, but I could still hear so much of Frollo in there. It's Tony, Tony J is the, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tony J is the voice actor. Um, and yeah, he did, he did a, a fun job being the, the book narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who, so who and do we who have? Did we in say here? Was the mom. My favorite. Did we say the my favorite, the mom was, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Uh, but my favorite line from the first half hour, Mrs. Hawkins, <laughs> my jewels. <laughs> yeah. You did it so well too. <laughs> you did. You did. I had to lean, I had to lean away from the mic. So it didn't peak. <laughs> Lori Metcalf, by the way, mom, and Valerie, for that matter, um, did Andy's mom in the Toy Story franchise, and also, also oh. Lewis's adoptive mother in Meet the Robinsons. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
Especially Andy's mom. And yeah. you know it You don't haven't even watched Meet the Robinsons, Mom. Right. But I'm sorry. So that, that's the one I know. But yes. what I was gonna say, the only thing that I can say, I don't I don't know how to say this, but her voice seemed older than she was. So I don't know, sometimes that happens to me. Like I'll hear I'll hear a character and their voice isn't what I would expect. I really liked her voice and I really liked her character, but for some reason for some reason, for hers, they didn't quite mesh for me. It just sounded too old and mature. I didn't really have that problem. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I it's, don't know it's, why I did, but... Yeah, I feel like Andy's mom is depicted as about that same age, too, and that works for Andy's mom, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, show it, it felt, they show Andy's mom in some of the later ones. It felt appropriate to her, like she was really put upon which she was yeah yeah and and yeah and and too once you once i knew her character more and more i think like it where it really seemed like a little bit of a disconnect for me is when we first meet her and she's at the door and telling him to go to sleep you know when he's a little boy so as you know anyway i don't know why that just that's what helped i I didn't have that problem but Yeah. yeah Um, quick note, both Captain Amelia's role and Doppler's role were, like, written with the voice actors in mind. Like, they wanted David Hyde Pierce and Emma Thompson for those two roles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think those were the only ones that they knew ahead of time, but, um... Wait, wait, what is the other person other than Emma Thompson? The one uh, that Doppler. No. The dog, Fraser's brother. Oh, got it. Got yeah, it, got David it, got Hyde it. Pierce. Yes, yes the yes, dog. The dog. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, you said dog. I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was I wrong? Uh, no, you weren't wrong. Uh, by the way, mom, just, just a little bit more um, Treasure Island analogs. Ben is a, his name's a reference to Treasure Island's Ben Gunn, whom he's based on. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And Scroop is a rough analog to Israel Hands. Okay. Got so. it. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, means something to you and maybe a couple of other literary yeah, nerds. Yeah. Um, I liked the familiarity breeds, well, contempt, but in our case. Yes, 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 yes. I was going like, where are you going with that? Because I know this. That's contempt. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I I think the, the voice acting was was pretty outstanding all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Silver. It's a great cast. Yeah, Silver oh, so was stupid. Brian Murray. Um, I looked at his wiki page i don't really know the stuff that he's in but he did a great job just, just a character actor. yeah he, he did a great job same with uh billy bones patrick mcgoon oh yeah yeah Wait, this who was, was his that? last role oh really i didn't see that one yeah patrick mcgoon was the was the actor who voiced billy bones uh who handed who got got, got the map to jim yeah uh and right. yeah it was his last last role uh in this movie oh. actually wow. his last role was voicing the same character in the video game uh, but nice anyway that's fun <laughs> so, last character um, was joseph gordon levitt yeah. like literally like a kid at this point too he he clearly was younger yeah his vo- i can i did not recognize his voice when yeah. i first watched it I, I looked it up afterward and i was like oh i mean i don't know if joseph joseph gordon levitt necessarily has a voice that i recognize anyways but it's certainly hearing him voice jim i i, I was like I, is that him? Okay, I guess that's him. What is he, has he been in yeah. anything that I would recognize? Uh, he's been in a lot of things. You, yeah. um, Inception. Uh, Inception. Hmm. Who? I don't even. I don't remember the name of the character he is in Inception. He in Inception. He's the guy who's in the cool twisty room <laughs> where the uh, where the gravity's going bonkers. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know, mom. Okay. You've probably seen him before, yeah. but yeah. The third Batman movie. 
Wasn't he was the kid in Angels in the Outfield? Ah, oh, yeah. That's that's a an old one. Yeah, that's uh, that's baby him. Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, right. I will say, as you're scrolling, that I did like Billy Bones better in Treasure Island. I mean, I, in Muffet Treasure Island. I knew that you. <laughs> I, I knew that you would stop, stop with scissors. Stop rebelling against me! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Look what you've encouraged, Ryan. <laughs> I, Mom might not have liked Billy's character as much in this, but I do quite enjoy Billy's design. Uh, mm-hmm. Like a, a creepy old turtle dude. Yeah, there's tons of good designs here. I just, I love mm-hmm. aliens. <laughs> there's so many good alien designs. Joseph Gordon-Levitt must have been doing a voice because he was like 20. Wow. Voice this. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Nice. Interesting. But uh, yeah, I love the alien designs. Yeah. They're very was, fun. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking too, I was like comparing it to myself to like star wars and other things i'm like they outdid everything because there were so many and they were just well i don't say they were outdid it but it sounded like a grumpy cat noise <laughs> that was well okay i was you gonna just say, say I was the impressed. one thing that would most irritate me personally no wow. i love star wars i'm sorry it really showcased that star wars was just a piece of trash <laughs> No, no, no. Really I was good. just thinking of the diverse difference. There's, there were so many. Sorry, there were just so many that I just lost track of, you know. I yeah, will they say were, that... It was animated, so they had the freedom to, to yeah, just... Yeah, I will say it's animation. Them. So yes, they can really push that, like yeah. Ryan's saying. Yeah, the the bit with the two guys that's a head and a body. Yeah, they're that, funny. That was funny. Yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. I just mean there were just so many. Every time I turned around, there was a new new alien. Yeah, no, they I'm have wacky... Like, yeah. They have some really... They have good designs. They make use of animation, certainly. Um, it's the same. It's the same thing that made me love uh, Star Trek: The Animated Series mm, so much yeah. compared to the original series, is because it was animated. They got to have aliens exactly. on the ship. Yeah, they have a furry as one of their crew, and uh, the like orange guy. She is Keisha. I don't. I've only seen a couple of episodes, and I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> a member of a proud race. <laughs> <laughs> And a furry. Yeah, and a furry. <laughs> um, the spaceport looks really cool. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was, was like, awesome. I thought it did so look like a moon. And then you just, yeah, 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 no, it was, no, really, it was really such a good really transition. Very good use of CG to like be yes. able to zoom all the way over there. And then, yeah, very good. Very, yeah. very rad. I like how they, they faked out the um, actually people, but you can see the stars through it. Oh, yeah. You can see the stars through it. And then people are going to be like, um, you can't see stars through the phases of the moon. Oh, oh, it's actually it's a spaceport. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Silver's robot arm is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the blending of CG and animation was rough in certain parts, but with his arm, it, it always looked good. It always looked great. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, clearly a lot of detail and effort was put into main, making the arm always look good because it looks great. It's because they had a, a whole team devoted to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he had an he had an animate an animation lead and a whole team of like nine people, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, devoted strictly to which that. makes sense. Like if you want, if you're gonna have one of your central characters be like an animation marvel at the time, especially like you better put that effort in. It looked great. Yeah, yep. uh, I definitely agree with you though, babe. Um, the animation is. Uh, the CG stuff is 
help and a hindrance. Actually, let me talk a little bit about design animation stuff and then we can keep going with it. Um, while designing for Treasure Planet, the crew operated on a rule that they call the 70-30 law, um, which is it basically means that the film's artwork would be 70% traditional and 30% sci-fi. Uh, so that's kind of how they help they came up with that blend. Um, the animators took Deep Canvas, the technology they'd initially developed for Tarzan to do the him going through uh, the the vines and stuff, yeah. uh, and came up with a process they called virtual sets, where they created a whole 360-degree uh, virtual set uh, before they began staging scenes, and then they combined that with traditionally drawn characters in order to, to, to achieve a painted image with depth perception and uh, enabled the crew to place the camera anywhere in the set and maneuver it like they would a live-action film. Mm-hmm. Um in order to test how a computer-generated body part, specifically silver cyborg arm, would mesh with a traditionally animated character, the crew took a clip of Captain Hook from Peter Pan and replaced his arm with a cyborg arm. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I think... I think overall, the having 3D sets and being able to rotate, it worked pretty well. With especially when the 2D characters are the focus of the scene, it, it yep. is most, I think it's mostly texture work. Texture, like the yeah. texture work is just, it's, it's aged. It's aged poorly. Unfortunately, the texture work is just often not there for the ships and the what have you, like stuff I that's mean, pure the CG. Ogre from Quest for Camelot was better than this. Well, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'm How you're being totally joking right because otherwise i have to worry for your visibility <laughs> i am yeah no they, they they made significant improvements definitely uh, and it was great for the time yeah it's just yeah the, the 3d environs have aged poorly it's interesting because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that something that's styled to look at least approachingly like cell animation would age poorly you know you figure yeah that could just look good yeah but you're not trying to make the textures realistic specifically you're you're making them accurate to cell shading but yeah it does you can yeah you can just always tell yeah pretty much the the issue is that or one of the issues was that some of the textures that needed depth looked flat so like in the beginning and the storybook the the fancy ship that was getting plundered looked flat with with like the picture of windows on it um, so that one, like, to me started off not great. Uh, and then the thing that you're supposed to marvel at whenever they leave the station with the big, like, space whales, those ha- have a color. Oh, although I do have to say, space whales, always love to see them. Yeah, they yeah. were cool, but. <laughs> yeah. But they looked. Yeah, they, yeah. they, though, again, the blending looked, looked a little off because of the coloring just, like, not matching as well with yeah. everything else around it. Yeah, like, the physical design, rad, yeah. but the texture work, no, the blending of the of the elements not working. I think they, I think they encountered an issue there because they, they created this thing where they can create these 3D sets, and then they had to put these gigantic things in the scene with this other stuff that's at a, a certain scale, yeah. you know, at a, a normal scale. And I don't know if they developed the technology yet to to make their their uh, textures 
you know, work for that scale. Cause if you, if you put them in at the same scale as, as the textures for the other people, it's going to be so gigantic. Yeah. Like the file is going to be huge and it's take forever to render. So they had to find some barrier or some, uh, you know, compromise in between yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. compromise and make that work. And eh, yeah, like they, they, the design is cool, but it's enough, yeah. but not it's, it's still shows. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think of that? That first person POV shot, of Jim going into the the room and looking around for Morph. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it I was, seems so unnecessary. I was like, not sure I like this, and thinking about yeah, it, animated don't like it. Whole scene before Wait, which which like, scene? So when Morph um like took his boot or whatever, and then oh, goes okay. a, un, into the room down below, and then when Jim goes down the stairs and steps into the room, we suddenly shift to like a weird first person point of view shot that's like bobbing with his movements as he looks around the room and it's just a couple of seconds i didn't mind the shot itself i just wish it had been traditionally animated yeah it just called attention to how cg the room is which is not you don't want to call attention to that yeah sorry my brain was looking for the barrel wondering trying to recall from again my knowledge of the book is he gonna climb into a barrel i think i kind of take issue with the shot itself too just because i'm not sure that it adds much emotionally and it's so unlike any other shot in the movie that i don't why is it there? Yeah. Like, would, even if it had been hand-drawn, it would still call attention to itself in a way that I don't yeah. understand. Like I, like, I guess what I would think is, like, if he was hiding in the barrel and mm-hmm. we had a first-person thing that was, like, him bobbing and his breath feels close or something, mm-hmm. that would make sense to me because that would, like, add to the emotion of the scene. But it's just him walking into that room that he he has no reason to feel worried about at all at that moment so it's not like it's adding to a sense of fear that needs to that is there at that moment he's just walking into a room trying to look for morph it's it, i don't know I, I wonder i wonder if it was if it was just like a technology showcase for them or and here's something i i, I watched a video and and maybe this has something to do with it but at at some point they had already animated certain sections of the scene where they are getting ready to mutiny down there and you know when he's in the barrel yeah. uh and they had already animated it and uh, it was colored a certain color it was like orangeish like a fire but they were trying to indicate that they were heading s- closer to treasure planet and they were, had started color changing things to green to indicate that and maybe maybe it was inserted because something got shifted around a little mm. bit and they needed a quick scene of, of the the galley uh in a certain color temperature i mean i guess maybe the, but i don't know what why that couldn't have just been served with watching him walk into the room i don't know that's fair yeah yeah. No, no, there's no no character animation. Yeah. They can do it all in CG. Maybe it's faster. I guess. It, it, it feels like something that was born of some sort of budget, be it time or money. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I definitely agree that when you do something that is not in the the usual, you know, grammar of the film or like what we're, we're accustomed to see seeing, it should mean something. And this didn't mean anything. There wasn't anything that was enhanced by it, so it's just weird. Yeah, I get it. Fair. Um, any other animation notes before the final animation question? 
Uh, yeah. Hello. Yes. Uh, my thing's small and silly, but um, the mom's locket sometimes had a little heart on it. And oh, I really? Thought, I thought that made it look sillier. Like I, oh, I, I actually just thought of something else that we need to talk about in animation, but go on. I preferred it when it was just kind of blank without the little detail of like, sometimes it has a heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> Billy Bones' chest, when he first plops it down out of his shell. Uh-huh. Gotta look so bad. I don't even remember, I don't actually. I don't even know. I don't know why it looks so bad because it looked fine in other scenes, but it just looked like a little CG asset just sitting on top of a. <laughs> just the color didn't match. It was weird. I believe I you. Like I, for some reason, I didn't. Maybe I was looking away for a second. Who knows? But. And then. And then Jim's cheekbones. Yes, yes, that's what I wanted yes. to talk. That was like a real yes. realizing we needed to talk about it. Yeah, at yes. first I thought it was a at scar. At first I thought he yeah. had a cut All of us thought eye. that yeah. too. We thought it was a scar, yeah. And we're like, does a scar keep changing size? And I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to be a scar. I think it's just like an inconsistent showing of his cheekbones. Well, here's... It's not really inconsistent. Yeah. It, it, uh, there's, there's one shot when they're in uh, Delbert's study or whatever. Yeah. And it, you, you, his face shifts from side to side, and the one on the one side that's first that's there first mm-hmm. fades away as it turns, and one, yeah. another one appears on the other side. Yeah, yeah. That's whenever I was it's like, the... oh no, it's on both sides. Yeah. Well, and and just speaking of Jim Hawkins, I did not like his face, his animation. <laughs> oh, in I general? did not like it. Well, it, it it's like it's is, and I love that character, and I mean, I like his character, but it's it's almost like. His eyes were a little bit too far apart. His nose was a little bit too far down or it wouldn't show enough. And it was just weird. It was not until literally the end scene where I feel like he looked normal and he looked good. And of course they aged him up a little bit. So I'm not sure what it is with that, but out of all of the animation, it just bothered me. I don't she know. didn't like his hair. No, it wasn't even the hair. It wasn't even the hair. It was just somehow the way they did his face. It just, to me, it just didn't look realistic. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I, I think it was, I think it's a uh, uh, part of the tr- Disney tradition of making their, their leads blank slates of a sort. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a white sort for yeah. one, but uh, but they they make their their leads you know kind of blankly pretty in quotes, and then they make all the the characters around them more interesting. They give them actual actual definition that that defines them, and I think they do that for a reason to 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 let the kids watching put themselves in that place. Themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, his face did not bother me in the way that it seems to have bothered you, Mom. Yeah, and 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 again, like with some of the other movies that we've talked about, well, especially Anastasia, I feel like there's times that it looked better than others, and then there's certain times and angles where it really bothered me. And again, it was almost like the proportions that there was like either, like I said, a little bit too much spacing either between the eyes or between where the eyes were and the nose and the mouth. I don't know. It just bothered me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't so, know. So you guys liked his hair? I, I yeah, I liked his hair. <laughs> I, I felt I felt when, like it fit when they him, cut off. You know, when they cut off his ponytail at the end, it's a travesty. I was mad. It's, yeah, yeah. I was mad. it's like it's like oh, is this how he's supposed angry. to look to enter proper society? I call BS. <laughs> I think it's more like I think it's more representative of like uniform codes. Sure, like you yeah, know, he had this unique look, and he went into this organization that requires. Requires uniformity yeah. as part of its, so. its training process, but still, 
I hated it. I have Jim Padawan over here. <laughs> <That's a note. laughs> uh, but but no, I think that's interesting character-wise of the thought of like where his journey goes because he's been this kind of rebellious kid who's on probation and is threatened to go to juvie uh, and like ruin his future to shift so suddenly or so f- maybe fully. But maybe you don't see, like, maybe he's headstrong in the military academy as well. Um, I would have been interested, I guess, to see that sort of subsequent there story. A, there was a sequel planned. We, we well, we'll known. talk yeah. about that more in the spoilers. <laughs> you guys are talking a whole lot about something that's at the end of the oh, movie. <laughs> it's It's, like, not really super what the story is. Still. I'm allowing it, but, like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> What would this movie have been like if it were live action? If you had Muppets, I think it'd, it'd be, be great. pretty cool. Actually. I think it could. I think it would just depend on basically the budget that it was given because I think this needs to have a pretty nice budget to be as fantastical space opera as it wants to be. Yes, but it's also saved a, a good bit from that budget by being so much less sci-fi than a lot of other sci-fi. Yeah, because yeah. of that seventy percent uh, uh, classical. Uh, uh, design yeah. I think that le- leads to a lot of savings yeah I feel like this is one of the Disney movies that could be most interesting as with a live action remake and yet it's one of the ones they almost certainly will not do because yeah. they only want to do the ones that were already really good in animation and didn't need to not be animation <laughs> but like this and like Black Cauldron are like some of the ones that would be or even I mean I love uh, Atlantis but even that one like those three would be could be really cool in live action, and they are some of the ones that are the least likely to be done. Do you feel like Long John Silver Cyborg could still be done well in live action? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it just you, they just gotta be skilled. They gotta have skilled animators and directors, really, and yeah. and skilled performer. Whoever they, you need, I, I think Long John Silver definitely works best when he's really charismatic. So I think you need another really charismatic actor. I don't know if you guys have seen Ex Machina. Uh, I don't think so. It's a it's a little sci-fi movie and it has a, a android girl in it and her whole midsection is like transparent with like Oh, I've uh, seen some footage of that. So I know what you're talking about. All of that was done by hand. Yeah. Like oh, the 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 CG animators that that took care of that did all of that by hand without a lot of like of the stuff you associate with roles like that like a ping pong suit or any kind of like green screen stuff like they 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 might have been some green screen but they 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 did all of that stuff of of taking care of those effects by hand and so i think that stuff is out there yeah i think you just have to make sure that you're putting the time and resources into making that look good because if you just if you just pull like an end of black panther cg ps2 cutscene move because you don't want to (laughs) spend you're not giving your animators the like time and budget to make it look good then it's gonna be bad so you just yeah they, it needs the time and energy to look good, but it could look really good. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I missed on the animation that you can see them tie knots. They don't kind of just wave them away a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. one of your yes, like pet peeves with animations yeah. when they're like the really knot just doesn't the knot doesn't just like form behind. The yeah, 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 yeah. They just kind of wrap their hand around twice and then yank it tight, and it's like great, it's like. That's gonna fall. What are you doing? No, these look good. Um, uh, still, still on the like, if it were live action thing, 
I'm thinking about the two characters I have the biggest, like, how do you think that sh- they should be translated or not translated? Scroop and Ben. N- no. <laughs> I was just about Ben. Um, no, I was thinking uh, Morph and and Ben. Sorry. And yes, Ben is one of them, but not Scroop. Scroop can just be a terrifying, like, CG, hi- hyper-realistic CG Spider that, lobster that man, spidery thing from episode two. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can he'll look, he'll look t- totally terrifying, and that's fine. He's he's great. No, morph and Ben. Morph would be interesting. I'm I'm just I'm wondering <sighs> some of the cartoony things. I think it depends on morph how is... realistic you want the overall visual style to be, because morph's going to clash with that, and that is that good or bad? I don't know. Yeah, Morph is the hardest thing to translate, I think, yeah. in the movie to live action because he is, like you say, the cartooniest. Part. Yeah, and then Ben, what I think it just is, is. Do you think Ben is going to be as over the top, or do you think that if a, do you think a live action movie would would rein him in? Uh, it'd have to rein him in. Yeah, I think it'd be a uh, a kind of Rocket Raccoon kind of situation. Mm, sure, sure, sure. Mm have his performance mo-capped yeah and and yeah i just think they have to go a different way with i think so i mean and which makes sense because he's very wacky in accordance with martin short uh martin (laughs) short's performance so if you get a different performance from a different actor that'll lead you to perhaps a different interpretation uh, yeah movement style for him we can all agree that um a uh, head and body dude needs to be adapted into the live action remake, right? Yeah, that guy yeah, still yeah. has to be there. <laughs> yeah, he was interesting. That was great. a very good joke. I yeah. think you can just have a lot of these these creepy pirate dudes look like the um, Davy Jones crew in in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but it, like yeah. a little, you know, you know, technology has advanced, and and a little with a little more individual personality. But like they can be gnarly looking like that, and I think they'll work fine. One of my favorites was head and body guy um, sleeping and the little head and sound sling. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Hammock. I mean, it was great, 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 great. Um, let's go on to sound design. Uh, I I thought the music generally great. Uh, what was his name? I know him. Um, James Newton Howard did the music, did a great job. Loved the the little like Celtic strings in the beginning, which appeared some mm-hmm. more times throughout the movie. But it it was what opened the movie, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. What I'm you... such a basic white boy. I'm 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 so easily taken in by <laughs> that Celtic yeah. stuff. Oh. oh, I know. Yeah. I'm with you, Ryan. I'm Mom so and I with are you. both on the same oh, page. My gosh. Um, Danica, what was uh, the the that you showed me about music and integrating music into movies and, and it's called a pin drop. No, what is it called when you insert a song that doesn't start organically? Um, um, yeah, that was from the Patrick H. Williams video. Um, I forget what he, I forget what the term he used. I actually mentioned it in the, in the, uh, uh, quest for Camelot video. Hold on. Well, not the, was it not? Uh, I don't think it was diegetic or non-diegetic. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not that that mom's looking for. But the Patrick H. Williams had a whole video that was about like inserting using pop music. But but no, they didn't do that. But okay, so yeah. But but what they did well, and maybe it's diegetic, non-diegetic. I don't know. But um. Because obviously there wasn't music playing in this, like right. he wasn't listening to music, but they did such a great job of inserting music and again, some like Celtic chords and, and even 
somber music or different music to evoke a mood and they did a and it would pay, play very very gently those instrumentals but that's just the orchestral yeah. music that's not what willem's video was about right Pop but it, music needle drops as well. okay there drops. we are okay so maybe that needle I, drops I is that. the word you were looking for okay got it got it Although but anyway. that's not what you ultimately talked about but yeah no sorry but they did they did that well there is sort of a pop music needle drop that music but it's video in the middle of the movie but yeah. it's not pop it, like it is a pop it's not something that existed outside the movie it was made specifically for the movie by mm, okay Resnick. John Resnick. Yes, Goo Goo Dolls frontman John Resnick. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Um, I I was obsessed with that song as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like really obsessed with it. So yeah, I enjoy that whole montage sequence quite a bit. Um, I think I think it does a good job storytelling wise too. Like I think it I think it serves its place as a montage well in terms of helping to build up their relationship. Um, yeah. But also, I love that song. So. Yeah, and I feel like the, you know, and, and I know I addressed this at the very beginning, but again, with that montage, I think they did, an, it went on long enough to really develop that relationship. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes montages just shortchange it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, just go too fast and you're like, eh. But yeah, there are some movies, nice and I need to watch Tarzan again before I'm dunking on it, but it's not going to stop me. Tarzan maybe uses a few too many montages. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yes, like, yes. literally just every song in it is a montage, um, which they're, those songs slap. Uh, but maybe the overuse of montage was a, maybe it was a bit much. I don't know. I'll have to see. A, when we... a recommendation for you to cut out. Yeah. But when you when you do that, go go check out a, a YouTube a YouTuber called Sideways. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. Yeah, Say it again. For sideways, for yes, sideways. yes, exactly. S I D E W A Y S. Valerie's familiar with Sideways too because I've played a lot of his stuff for her. Um, what was what was playing at the opening scene when uh, Jim was surfing through all the areas? I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. Just a just a, a, a score. Yeah. Okay. Some some sort of score piece. Yeah. Energet energetic exciting. Yeah. Um a little bit of electric guitar. Yes, just a little bit. Um <laughs> the the 7030 thing uh, was also applied to um the sound effects and music of the film. Um especially on the sound effects front, um Dane Davis mentioned that he and his team scoured hobby shops and junk stores for antique wind-up toys and old spinning mechanisms in order to create the sound effects for John Silver's um, mm. arm oh. um, to avoid sounding slick and sci-fi. So, so yeah, that's that's neat that they... Voice of Morph, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's true. Dane, Dane Davis. Yes. Um, not Frank Welker for once, because otherwise it probably would have been yeah. Frank Welker. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so I, I liked the that they used that guiding hand on the music and sound effects too anything else for this section before we go on to the next one yeah i think before i I don't know where this would go but they had a a star star trek reference uh they did like right before our spoiler cut off uh he said dang it jim i'm a doctor and not yes (laughs) but not like a that's great yes yes Yes. it's silly yeah, I'm yeah. glad, you, I'm glad you caught it before Yay. me, and then I yeah. realized. Yeah, that was cute. And there, then there was a Jaws reference. Oh, yeah. was there? Oh, Where was the Jaws one? Yeah, we're we're gonna need a bigger boat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say when oh, and good. where and what that was about, but no, yeah. that's good fine. Catch. But yes, um, 
Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Um, I don't actually have any specific notes for this part. Um, the fat, the fat kid in the beginning. That was yeah, fat kid eating a like huge mouthfuls of worms was okay. Sure, um, requisite Disney movie fat joke. They were they seem to be fine with silver. It, it just felt like a little bit of like he's grabbing handfuls of it and shoveling it in his mouth. It just I was felt, too gross. It made me think of like so Dudley really... from the Harry Potter movies or something. Mm. You know, I, I didn't I didn't get that from him, and I'll tell you why. It's because he was an alien. I mean, like, he was sure, just a wide little frog boy. Like the frogs seemed to be a, a little wide, and he was. Had a big old mouth yeah. and he wanted to get all, all the worms in But him. I mean, he, he <laughs> looked visually fatter than the other frog child. So, I don't That's know. Fair. The the one fat joke that that I I noted and didn't like was the one uh, in spoilers. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Yes, I didn't like that either. We, we'll talk about it more in spoilers. But yes, there is. Yes, there's a very pointed one in the spoiler section. That's true. But besides that... Yeah, there wasn't a whole... I mean, we had a cool... I, I guess I, I would have liked to see more um, lady-coded murderous pirates. There's, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So a couple more of them being I don't, ladies would have been cool. I don't have proof that her name was Dog Breath, but there is a character named Dog Breath voiced by a lady in this movie, and I so I think that might be I her. mean, probably, that she so. seemed to be the only one, so... Yeah, and I think... Which, I mean, they're they're weird aliens, so they don't necessarily need to be female-coded, but, like, in in Western stuff, if they're not lady-coded, then they're presumed guy, so... There definitely would be, be more lady-coded villains, or uh, pirates, in the live-action. Yes, yes. That would just happen. I, yeah, and I, I approve. Let's make um let's let's make the um alien that's the head and the torso one one of them just one of them <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> I was just gonna say the fact that you know Jim's mom the role that she was in, but I think it's offset by the fact that you have women who were like a woman who was the captain and other things. So yeah, like, making the ca- making the captain a lady was definitely like a, a good. It's a good choice. Yeah, because I mean, if if otherwise yeah. there wasn't much of you know, there, women weren't very present in that, and she was a major character. So yeah, I was I I, I think that was fine. And then it's a bunch of aliens. So I mean, other than the just the absence of people of color, there's no. That's the that's the racist thing, not anything else. Just the the handful of humans we have are all white. So you know. Um, yeah, and the. One, the the main prominent actor of color in the film they kill off yep so you know yeah i did notice that oh, too well. that's true <sighs> yeah so there's that um but no um you know classic racist disney moments like in uh some of their older work so let's go on to our spoiler alert skip to my my the only two actual notes i have are for like basically the end so um you guys could lead the conversation if you want we can talk about what ryan was was vaguing at with the actual the the notable like overt fat stuff so while the rest of the pirates and uh silver and uh ben and jim are all in in the the core of the planet which is 
That's where mm. the treasure is, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the section. Yes. Um, the captain and Delbert are back on the little uh, dinghy? skiff. Yeah, skiff. The, the dinghy. Yeah. yeah whatever yeah. you call it. The, the small ship that the ship but has. Words. And uh, they're trying to get out. And Delbert finds his hands can slip through their binds because he has abnormally thin wrists. <laughs> Uh, and then his only way of getting the attention of their guard is by calling him uh, big and fat. Yep. So, yeah, that was unnecessary. Could have called him ugly, I guess. Yeah. Is that better? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very slightly better, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, maybe just, I mean, calling him stupid is also like there's not really a way to not be rude in some way. But the this okay didn't need to be the way because it doesn't ugly doesn't really mean anything outside of a lot of context you're just trying to make him mad so he'll come over and get yeah in your face. so ugly feels like an easy way to get there i mean while he's an alien and we have no real like basis for determining yeah i feel i feel like calling him ugly for them. calling him dumb and ugly it's probably like the most neutral way you can do it because it's obviously just supposed to be inflammatory but it's like yeah. calling it like making him mad by calling him fat is obviously putting a value judgment on fatness. So yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that, that part sucks. Uh, wish they hadn't, but it's Disney and they do that a lot. So they, they do love those jokes. Yeah. Um, have a long proud history of that. <laughs> um, yeah. What, a, what, a, what you, what you guys thinking about that ending stuff? I love Finale. all the, I love all the, go- I love, when you get to the core of the planet and to me, it's reminiscent of some of the incredible, even like um, Lord of the Ring movies uh, or, or the, uh, the things before or after where you have a, a dragon and a huge mound of all kinds of riches and gold. I mean, it was to me, it was visually beautiful, but you just, everywhere you looked, there were, there was, you know, just the riches. And again, it was supposed to be from 10,000 worlds. Sure. But then also when, when the, the planet starts, you know, the fail safe was starting to break up, um, then that cascading into there, um, the way it flowed. I mean, just really, really cool effects. And then I guess the other thing I was going to say is how stupid of Flint he dies with it because he doesn't want anyone to have it. So he just sits on this boat. Um, I mean, I affording, think there's a hoarding it. I, I think know. it's the sort of basic like he well, we know he, he lived for greed. Yeah, but I, I think it's probably gesturing at the like general. He he lived for greed. And so he died like alone with his gold. Is that. Is that like a, a good a life worth living question mark? I think it's yeah. just gesturing at that. Right. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed everything leading up to that. The 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 map and interacting with with Treasure Planet. Yes. And, yes. And, and integrating into the little slot. And them hinting at the fact that this was not something that Flint like developed. This was something that pre-existed. Yeah, yeah. Some ancient civilization or whatever. Yeah, no, that's real neat. I loved all that. Um. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, I know the answer is because it's like a movie. Um, and so you need to pace things a certain way, but it's, it's sure nice of Flint to lay a trap that like gives them a couple of minutes, um, Mm -hmm. to get nice and situated before the trap actually springs long enough to like go on a boat that's a little ways away and find a, a thing to find out that there's a booby trap right before it springs. Like I, I get it, but it's a little amusing to me. Yeah. 
really make sure that everybody's in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Preoccupied. Everyone get in. Way. Come on. <laughs> um, I had a couple of little notes to t- cover in spoilers. Um, one, I love that the that the and this isn't really a spoiler. This part isn't really a spoiler because of a, another part. Anyway, the <laughs> the treasure planet has two rings, and they they make an X. They have yeah, an X. It's true. It marks the spot. Mm, yeah. Um. Uh. But then what I found, I understand why they did it. They did it for the ease of storytelling and visual language. But I found it interesting that the storybook at the beginning knew exactly what treasure planet looked like yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's fair yeah (laughs) like that it has the x yeah like maybe people found it and knew where it was but didn't didn't have the 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 map to key into the slot to open the door or something like me you know yeah it's interesting to try and justify it but mostly i think it's just ease of storytelling exactly so that we'll recognize it when we see it yeah yeah it kills me how there's always seconds in a countdown. It can't be minutes. It has to be seconds. But I will say this. After I teased and said that, I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. I did try to count when... When, um, when, Jim, <laughs> when he said they had like when, 27. No, there were 17 seconds. Uh. There were 17 seconds and Jim had to fly down, whatever. I was counting one, one second, one, two, one second, whatever. And I think I got to right about 17. When yeah, so pretty close. Out there. So it, that, that was pretty close. <laughs> I don't know if the rest when it was 20 or, or 50 something seconds or whatever it was goodness it's it's heightened yeah. time in, in movies during the critical moment I, yes yeah i do like that ben went with a- atypical indicators atypical time markers yeah so rather than like 30 20 10 he's yeah. like 27 yeah 17 yeah yeah that's good yeah um i liked that silver was so sad to let morph go like you could yes. hear him kind of choking up a little bit he's like i'm gonna let him let them go but i know i'm real was... broken up about it i know they did a real good real good job making you wonder exactly which way he was gonna go yeah like i, I having i haven't read the robert louis stevenson novel yeah and i haven't seen muppet treasure island yeah <laughs> Ma- oh, Ma- mom's upset Ryan, now Ryan, you are gonna be on that episode with us you have to this is life changing it's not scheduled it yet it is life Chill, changing okay i don't know if it's that but so it's good. i wasn't i i was generally aware of of the broad strokes of the story just culturally yeah but i hadn't i wasn't that familiar with with the finer points of the story so i wasn't sure Especially given that they, you know, they can do their own thing as well. Uh, I wasn't sure where where he was going to go, like whether he was just extremely devious and was just a villain, you know, or what. Whether he was going to actually make a turn, like he yeah. could he could easily have died in that core. Like they could have written that movie. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think, I mean, I haven't seen the original Disney one, but having seen Muppet Treasure Island, it is, it is kind of different this movie's take on how he ends up versus that um and and what it what the message ultimately is about who he is as a person yeah in in muppet treasure island and we're in spoilers so uh, everyone who hasn't seen that i mean sorry we're already on the spoiler section i'll be vague For a though different movie. i'll be vague though but i think this i think the, that movie certainly ends with sort of a a feeling of a little a little bit of him like running away from Jim and this sense of he's always going to be kind of this scoundrel and 
he was always kind of inherently untrustworthy and and then he gets stranded on the island at the end so he, there's sort of a little bit of a comeuppance thing whereas with this one it has much more of a he's a free spirit but he's ultimately a good guy who chose good and chose to care more about jim and so we don't want to just put him in prison so he does have to leave but jim was fine with him leaving in Muppet Treasure mm-hmm. Island, Jim isn't, like, happy about it. He's kind of like, oh, sure, you're going to go, just like the coward you are, basically. Um, that shows growth for Jim as well. Yeah. This one, being okay with someone leaving. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of of building that tension. Cause when I first watched it, like, last week or whenever, that, I noted that. I was like, ooh, what is this guy going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. No, because I, th- I think they make I think they do a great I think what sells it is that they make such a great job of showing that those two sides of him are both very real and in conflict. Like it is yeah. he is genuinely kind of both of those people and he has to make a choice as to which one he's ultimately going to be loyal to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, This is this is minor. Why is it that when you have. And I know that there's not necessarily a ton of movies with interspecies romance where they have babies. But yeah. how come in so many of them... Boys look like the dad. Yes! yes. Girls look and like the mom. Like why is yes. there not... Why, there's three girls. Why isn't one of them not a, a little dog girl? Why? Same thing on Muppet Christmas Carol where everyone... All yeah, the, the pigs like, are, are Little are Miss Piggies and, and the boys are the are, frogs. Are, are, That's yeah. not how anything works. Why yeah. are you doing... <laughs> think, like, interspecies romance just, doesn't necessarily work and have viable children anyways, but still, like, why? I don't yeah. understand I think, it. I think it's just ease of visual language. <sighs> like, it's a just very quick and easy way It really just it feels boring. like some straight people nonsense to me, though, because I would have it would have been fun to have yeah. one of those three little cat girls been a little dog girl. Like, why not? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know what you mean. Just so yeah. Silly. It's just. It's not like a big deal. It's just eye rolling. Yeah, I'm like, it is. It would be more fun if you weren't committed to doing this. Ooh. Oh, but we do have Ooh. to talk about the cut lines, though. Do you know about this too, Ryan? Yes, I had one thing real quick. Oh, sure. Real, real quick, I was just going to say, is the only thing I can say, too, is for kids, are they just trying to say, just clearly telling the kids, this is the, this and this character's babies. I don't know. But you can but still, again, do, you can you still just, do that. They, yeah. They're all yeah. cats and dogs. Yeah, that is true. And so it's clear that it's from these cat and dog aliens. Yeah. But Ryan. I'm not, I'm not sold yet on the live action remake being an actual remake. Sure. I'd, I'd rather it be... A sequel. Ooh. So, mm. what if the live-action one follows their kids? Mm. And and we have we have dog girls and cat boys in, in, <laughs> yes. in addition to their cat sisters and dog brothers. Yes, I agree. Cool. I agree. And they're and they're it's a it's a big fam, family adventure. I I, drama, I love it. Comedy. Yeah, and at some point they cross paths with Long John Silver, again. who's a lot yeah. older, but he's still like yeah. doing his thing. Oh, you know? that would be and great. Old, yeah. old, old Uncle Jim. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, stories about Long John Silver, and then they meet him, and, and they like wow. immediately want to yeah. trust him, but he's still a little bit of a scamp. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he's great. ultimately he's ultimately on their side. Hey, he but... could get by with being a cook somewhere because he had some really cool things to yeah. be a cook. <laughs> Speaking of, was was was. Did you get the impression that Silver was a uh, was also of the the dog species? It seemed yeah, like he's got 
like his his it's nose and ear so situation aliens, but... he's definitely an alien at least i don't know if he's yeah. definitely the same species as doppler but he's an alien at least that's the, that's the feeling i got yeah there. not much to go on there yeah yeah um but yeah they're uh in regards to the children they uh originally and i think they might have even recorded but i i, I couldn't find anything that was on the internet saying it but originally they wanted to uh make it clear that doppler had been the one that was pregnant and had the kids but disney was like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah originally they wanted to just have a little line that where he insinuates that he was the one who birthed them and disney was like nope (laughs) that's going in the live action i know right (laughs) exactly because i've cowards cowards (laughs) cowards <laughs> yeah they're aliens <laughs> truly <laughs> too transgressive for disney i guess wow. <sighs> um, anything else with spoilers i think my my spoiler music thing was actually pre-spoilers where uh ben had some really sad music and it was a bit much uh i think when he was telling a kind of a sob story or oh, like sure. just stay here Oh, um, did you guys have anything else Jim that you wanted want to, take to say about Jim's characterization or whatever? Because you were talking some about like how he ends up at the end. Oh. Did you want to expand on that at all? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I just, well, I would like to know, like, I guess in this sequel movie that uh, we're proposing, <laughs> <laughs> did he just go straight laced immediately? Because it feels like he wouldn't have. He feels like he's too competent for that. Uh, yeah, in the sequel they had planned, they, there's a broad strokes uh, kind of synopsis of what they the ideas they had. Oh yeah, I didn't actually uh, mention and these. It, and it was uh, Jim and uh, a love interest, a fellow classmate at the academy. Kate. Getting to get into some shenanigans. Yeah, and Long John and Silver meet, helps them. Meet Silver again. Oh, they meet a villain oh. named Ironbeard who they wanted William Defoe to, to voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Willem. Sorry, you're right. Um, ro- roasted again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. Like before, again, with how I I think that that conspiracy theory is obviously bunk. Like, um, before it premiered in theaters, they they had plans to do some sort of uh to do direct-to-video releases, maybe do a television series and stuff. Um, and then, like Ryan said, they had already, like, had a story and some storyboards and concepts for what a sequel would be. But all of that was canceled once it did poorly at the box office. So we'll never know. Uh, to that to that conspiracy's uh, point... How dare you? They did... They, they did... Uh, put it up against the second santa claus movie yeah that is, is another i guess they're property. just like it's two different markets but is it <laughs> yeah that was a weird choice okay like i can get being like three weeks after harry potter comes out is enough time right like it's still foolish but okay sure but putting it up against your own family film is weird weird okay. choice okay i think i do have two things i'll go for it the bringing up that Flint, you know, died there with his treasure. Uh, I don't remember if they did anything as like a uh, comparison to Long John Silver of, of, of like, this would could be his future if he were to, you know, forsake Jim and all of that. 
But that's an interesting... I don't think that they ever explicitly did that, but I think the, the elements are there for you to infer that if you want, I think. They could have played that up more, but I think in the end they just leaned on his already evident relationship with Jim and, and the genuine connection they seem to have yeah. for, for that. And they, I guess they felt that was enough. But yeah, they could have definitely had Jim say something like, is that how you want to end up? Or yeah, like but maybe, I mean, maybe that would have been too on the nose. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You said two things. One more thing that I cannot remember. Ah, I can't remember. Let's, uh, we're going to be done with spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? I mean, it was that shot where he's first person POV looking at a CG room, honestly. And it's not even really a scene, but I mean, it went on for a couple of seconds and I didn't like it. But if I actually have to pick scenes, then it's uh, probably the final confrontation with Scroop. That's what it was. My second point. Oh, well, that's not spoilers. So go ahead. I just, I was just going to say that y'all have talked a lot about the relationship between uh, Silver and Jim and whether he would turn or not, but I think they did a good job or it was very interesting for Scroop to be like the real villain or you're like contrasting Scroop's obvious evilness and like no good in him to Silver's like. Uh, I have to, I'm in control and I have to do what I do to be in control. But and I, I need to not be soft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scroop's uh, not soft at all. Yeah, and so... It's a very pointy point. By having somebody who's... <laughs> exactly, I was thinking it too. By somebody who's obviously more evil, like, you humanize the assumed villain of the film. But Which, that's given, which given that he's such a, a purposeful contrast... Feels like maybe you should have tried a little harder to make his final scene better, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, that's my least favorite scene. Uh, I think I think they were tempering. I don't know. I don't think I got to say this at the time when we were talking about that, but I think they were trying to temper that in terms of being a Disney movie. I think they were sure. Like, I guess we can't make this. I accept the most harrowing. I thing accept ever. the pie one. It's just the the fingers in the eye one is like it's a step too far. <laughs> pull pull that one out and let and give Jim a moment. To like overcome briefly before Ben messes stuff up again and he's, you know, on the outs again. Yeah, especially if he's able to, if it's not Ben and it's, if it's actually Jim doing something to gain the upper hand. Yeah, I'm not saying that Ben lets him get the upper hand, but I'm saying like he gets the upper hand and he's like happy for a moment and then Ben messes something up again. Yeah. And leads into the, you know, that can lead directly like it does already into the gravity going off. Mm -hmm. My least favorite, probably the... Uh, skiff scene with uh, Doppler and yeah, that one was uh, also Captain. that was a low point. Just it's it's the the most prominent real issue with with the movie in my opinion, and for that reason, it just it goes down the toilet for me. Yeah, like, no, that's valid. Fixed it so easily, and they didn't. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, that's honestly fighting for yeah. first for me too. Actually, yeah, yeah, I was just sucks. trying to think of yeah, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Ryan, because even too. You could have even played up the fact of, oh, they're just going to leave you. Why would they need you? You're dumb. You're just dead. You yeah, know, there's dead so white, many you know. yeah, easy there's possibilities angles, for yeah, how else to, to do that. Man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my least favorite. I think I disliked the badly meshed CG more. So I'm going to go with the whale scene. Where it oh, wow. it was supposed to be that hurts. <laughs> it was supposed to be space whales at least <laughs> yeah. because they didn't do the space whales justice. 
it's supposed to be like this awe-inspiring thing but to me it's like this doesn't measure up to what you're trying to make me feel so That's it's sort of like in quest for camelot how the ogre hmm? was supposed to be sort of awe-inspiring at the start then later he just farts out the bad guys <laughs> it's a bad movie guys anyways um <laughs> Did we all say our least favorite scene? I yes. think we did it. Yes. What was your favorite scene in the movie? And if it's in spoilers, be vague. I'm going to say, to me, the montage with Jim and um, and Long John Silver, just because I just love the development of their relationship. And I feel like the movie did it justice. Uh, Man, I'm still thinking. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. I think I want something with Captain Amelia. Mm. She was very mm. cool. Yeah. Maybe it was at the... Uh, maybe it was her kind of back and forth where she just kept owning the doctor mm-hmm. in her office, in her cabin. I do kind of, I do kind of wish that she hadn't had to be taken down a peg so much for their romance to work. Cause it kind of feels like that's just what the straight writers needed to happen so that he's not completely emasculated and can therefore be in a relationship. This is like a very belated how's it hold up thing, but I'm just kind of thinking about it (laughs) and it kind of bothers me that like she has to be like injured and so not really able to be the cool BA woman that she is and he and he like cares for her and like gets to kind of be the more dominant one for a bit and it's like he can just be a bottom and it's fine. I don't know. But I think it's like, if she were capable, then this wouldn't have been a problem because she would have fixed it. I, I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have a problem with her being made less capable so that the rest of the plot can happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, a little bit of a problem with it just in terms of their romance. Sure. It feels like an unnecessary step there. Um, cause th- what you really need to have the romance work, which is sort of the way that they try to use this is to, is to have the mutual respect, you know, but I don't know if I agree with the way that was done. Yeah. I mean, the first part was good where his calculations were able to yeah. uh, save them, you know, cause she could interpret the data that he was giving her. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's like a, a I don't think it ruins the movie or is like a super big thing, but I, I I guess I just feel like it probably could have been done more interestingly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think mine will be, yeah. The Still haven't figured out my favorite. I think my favorite overall, just remembering my reaction to it, is the supernova, supernova scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good. Because you get a lot of good stuff there. You get, uh, you get a, a risk to Silver's life and Jim gets to save him. Uh, and then you get uh, the loss of, Arrow. of Mr. Arrow, yeah. Yeah. and and the the heartbreak that Jim feels, uh, <sighs> thinking it's his fault because yes. he messed he messed something up again. Just all of that, even though it's not all happy, it's a lot of melancholy. I think you sold I me. Actually, like melancholy. <laughs> I think I was I think I was going to lean towards Mom's pick, but I think you've sold me. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a really good like dastardly it. villain thing for Scroop, not just the murder, but the like pinning it on this kid yeah. and like I feel like yeah. he knows that it's psychologically damaging to this kid too, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. yeah. No, that whole scene, yeah, I think you're right. I think that was my favorite. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? I think Ben. I don't hate him, Fair. to be to clarify. 
I don't hate him at all. Um, I think he's I think he's fun. I think he should have been toned down a little bit, and I think I am probably the least attached to him of any of the main characters. And if if I didn't choose him, then I think it'd just be like choosing bit characters, which sort of feels like a cheat. I'll so I, th- ben. I think Ben. Ben for you too, Valerie. Yeah, I'm still trying to think. I, I I think just mine, which you're gonna you're gonna laugh, and I'm not saying he wasn't a good villain, but. Now I can't Scroop. Scroop, yeah. yeah. That's pretty typical. Pretty typical of you, Mom. Yeah. I know he's too mean. Mom just is I am like so big on villains and mom is not. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> villains tend to be my favorite characters. Yes. Or at least up there. I wrote Kingdom Hearts fanfic where I had uh-huh. them yeah. <laughs> where he had them go had, yeah, treasure planet was part of it and scroop was a big bad guy and he killed goofy like he killed mr arrow it's so it's so ridiculous <laughs> and i i the story so i stopped writing it before like but not too terribly long after that so i i genuinely don't know if my 11 year old self genuinely meant for goofy to be permanently dead or if goofy would have come back i i don't know you could have goofy come back like on muppet treasure island arrow comes back and he helps them Oh game, sure, the ship and all that good stuff. I mean, it's not fan fiction I'm currently writing. This is stuff I wrote when I was eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I can't get into my old per- old self's like mind space enough to know definitively what I planned to do with Goofy or not. Was yeah. Goofy truly gone? I don't know. I had there's at least one chapter after that with like Donald and uh, it's like Sora's kid or something, and they're being sad <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> other st- other crossovers that were in this Kingdom Hearts fan fiction was Final Fantasy IX and the Rayman video games. So it's a fun look into my childhood. There is a chapter that is set to a song, so there wow. is there is one of those chapters. Um, I love you. It's a, so piece, it's a piece of work. Of art. <laughs> Yeah. And it is on my AO3 uh, account because I uploaded all my old fix just to have my complete collection. So if you can find it, have fun with that. <laughs> Did we finish least favorite people or characters? No, I still have mine. Okay. Oh, we did? did you get your least favorite? Yeah, it was script. That's yes. how I got on this tangent. So yeah, just you, Ryan. Well, when they're come when they're they're in the spaceport at the end, and I'll, I know I'll avoid spoilers. Uh, when. Uh, Jim's mom is in the spaceport at the end and she's pushing through the crowd. There's this one alien who gives her side eye touching, touching him. I actually can, I, I can actually exactly remember which alien yeah, you're talking I, about. Yeah, yeah, I either know. Yeah. He was like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, he had an expression, certainly. I know, it's he, like, he felt a way. That? <laughs> that was mostly a joke. Um, was it a little was kid alien that was bothering characters? No, because that was funny. Um, yeah, I, I, and it's, it's, it's exactly like your situation, Danica. I, I don't dislike him at all, but probably, probably Ben. Yeah. I, I like him the least. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think like that's the same. Like, I do like him, but the least. Um, who was your favorite character? Silver. Silver? Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, I will say, 
that this depiction of Long John Silver is my second favorite. I mean, seriously, it's up there. He is Behind really what? Good. Behind uh, Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island. Because I was trying to set her up there. <laughs> no, I'm stealing it from her. <laughs> how, d- how dare you play into her things? And, well, I will say this, too, is he, he there are things that he does better. I will say this in here. He, he There are things that this version this, does better. This version does better. Yeah. And and primarily, I think they, they take such a, a nice long time in developing. And two is the hug at the end. And really, he took on, you know, I don't know. It was just very I, I, I loved it. I'm not going to get too specific because we talked about it in spoilers. So listen to spoilers for context after you see the movie. But I think Tim Curry works really well for the ultimate trajectory of that character. Uh, Brian Murray... And just the design and animation and everything for this version of Silver, I think, works really well for their ultimate trajectory of the yeah. character. Yeah. And they're they're two different trajectories, so I think I think they're I think it's perfect casting slash direction for what each of the those movies are doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Silver's definitely my favorite. He's just a joy to watch and listen to. He's mm-hmm. he's great. I think. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think overall, Silver, probably my favorite character. I I, I really hate not saying uh, Emma Thompson. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's and up there. Captain Amelia. Uh, and, I, and honestly, I hate not saying Jim. I really like Jim yeah. overall. He seems like he's, he's very relate, re- relatable. Yeah. Unlike a lot of children slash teens written by adults. Right. He's actually pretty relatable and engaging and you sympathize with him truly not just like well he is a kid yeah but truly sympathize with him um so for that reason i do like him but overall yeah silver uh just uh, with what you were saying about jim i i feel like it's all too easy to fall into the trap of like when you have a teen who's like got emotional damage and is and is grumpy to just lean into that so much that they become unlikable. Um, and I, I don't, based on some of the reviews, apparently some people felt that way about him, but I didn't feel that way about this Jim. I felt like he clearly, I guess maybe uh, if they had gone with the, um, the extended Billy Bones thing where he initially tries to leave him yeah. that might have pushed too yeah. far in that direction. That's probably why I they think cut they that. T- I think they left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they left it out precisely for that exactly. Reason. Like, no, Jim needs to have a solid, good core. It's, yeah, and it needs yeah. to be evident. Yes, yes, and and, I, and so I, I think, I mean, I think that you have the, obviously he is sullen and moody and like has these issues he's trying to work through. But I think I think it's always really clear that he does ultimately want to be happy and like to be doing good. Like that is a driving force of him. And And it doesn't take them long to, to really justify all his moodiness. Yeah. Like once, once they do the montage. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, his dad had had to have seen him as he was leaving. Right. That's so messed up. Yeah. And the other thing is that sometimes I think how they make, teens very unlikable is just making them completely apathetic but he clearly was not i mean no, he, he clearly cared about his mother he clearly yeah clearly yeah cared, had feelings agreed yeah so no jim's very good but we're all in agreement that silver's the best yes. character yeah um 
what character would Tim Curry have played if he were in the movie? Now, I know (laughs) that you're probably immediately jumping, Mom, to the idea of him being Long John Silver, but... But but here's Mom Okay, I'm glad we're in agreement. Go for it. Go for it. And I am so upset because this would be much more powerful and effective if I could remember the flippin' name. What is the villain's name? Scroop. 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 I think he would make an awesome Scroop because he can be an incredible Mm. villain. And he has such a powerful voice and he could be maniacal. And I see, but Scroop wasn't maniacal. Yeah, that's the thing. Scroop was just so coldly. I agree with Ryan. I think that Tim Curry villains have too much of a a kind of a a snark and cleverness about them. And I don't think Scroop was stupid, but yeah, Scroop is just really cold and Mm. like just a bad dude. He's like a dude who almost murdered a kid because the kid was like being a punk kid to him. Like he, he's just a jerk. And I don't think he's really, he, Tim Curry villains are fun. I think is yeah. kind of yeah. I think and the they're, thing. they're more charismatic. Yeah, so and that's the, not screwed. Yeah, maybe I the have. two-headed guy. You have it. Arrow. Hmm. Hmm. And then I would be just. I would be devastated. Mom would be so devastated. We lost, lost him. <laughs> I think. I, I think. Uh, what was his voice actor? He did a great job. Yeah. yeah not. This actor was Roscoe Lee Brown. Roscoe Lee he Brown. did a great job, no, certainly. Good. But if we're fitting, if we're trying to fit Tim Curry in here, Tim Cur- Arrow might be good. Uh, yeah. What if he were Ben? Especially, especially live action. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Ben. Either or. No, go ahead. I I keep throwing stuff out. In a theoretical live action remake where they're actually remaking it, uh, not our better option of continuing the yeah. story. <laughs> uh. I think he'd be a good arrow, but they'd have to do a d- completely different take on him. Yeah, and I think same with Ben. If he were Ben, you would need to have Ben be a character that you weren't sure if he was good or not. Like, mm. because Tim Curry just kind of... You're yeah. not sure if Tim Curry's a good dude, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the thing with Ben is because if if he's like a, a robot whose circuits are are off, like... He could be, you're not sure because you don't know if he's sane. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm yeah, saying I'm I think, saying. You, I think, I think it, it would be a different take. And yeah. so you'd have to mm. change some stuff about Ben's scenes to reflect that different take is what I'm I saying. that's fine. Yeah. Mm. Here we go. Try this out. In, our, in, in, in a standard Disney remake of this with Tim Curry as Ben... I think they do a thing that they kind of do a lot in these remakes, or I'm starting to feel a trend uh-huh. where they just take this character and turn him around completely and make him a late stage antagonist <laughs> when he gets his memory core back. Mm. Mm. Oh, what if, Ooh. what if he was, what if he was actually, what's his face? who made the treasure hoard and he was in, and this was, do you yes. get what I'm saying? And he downloaded his and memory. Something, downloaded something his memory. happened that like damaged him. So, like, he's not his normal self, but this is, like, his way to live forever with his mountain of gold. That's beautiful. Right? I watched this Disney reading. Oh, that'd be so cool. Wow. Disney, um, I have a Patreon. Um, So, (laughs) if you would like to buy this idea off me, I'm I'm copywriting it as soon as this episode is done. So... (laughs) 
drop a cool couple hundred thousand. Yes, yes. And it has you to know be what? You don't have you, like. I'm not going to copyright it, but Sarah, you know, just drop. Like, I don't think you can. It's is that, exactly. Yeah, drop, drop a couple that. of thousand there. You can spend it, and then I'm good. Like I don't need royalties. I'd love them if if you want to offer, but. <laughs> Oh, that won't go well. (laughs) I'm glad that they listen to every episode we make. (laughs) Let's go on to our overall consensus and uh, what we would rate rate this, which we do at the same time now. Just to remind Ryan. What did I rate? What did I rate my last? We all say that's a good question. Let me look. Last and only. We say them at the same time. Chill, mom. You seemed so like. (gasps) Oh no! No, you were panicked. Like you you say it in unison. No. That would be so. Three, two, obnoxious. one, guys. We gotta do it at the same time. Audience member. On go. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Come on. Uh, you gave Quest for Camelot a three. Three even. Oh, that's that's what I rated the, the last one I rated. I know, right? All threes. I'm gonna be all threes for the rest of my tenure. Uh, okay. We'll cut all that. So, yeah, well, we have to. Riz- we, Rigby sneezed in the middle no, of it. you can leave a Rigby sneeze if you want. It. <laughs> it's so sad. It'll bum our audience out. No. It'll be like, oh, it's, no. It's only sad if she's doing like a dozen sneezes. That's true. That's that so sad. Like three. Well, I, 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 I normally am chicken and I am the last one to go. But, you know, I think I might jump in there. And y'all may do yours way different than mine. But because of my love okay. for treasure, you know, of, of the book, this novel... Um, Stevenson's, yeah, Treasure Island, and and the p- depiction of Long John Silver, and also so much beautiful animation, and there no, and there not being any major things in How's It Hold Up. I think I'm going to go with a four, and I would definitely recommend it. Okay, I'll recommend it as well. You, it feels like you're pulling teeth to say that. What's <laughs> up with you? I'm trying to think about what I'm going to rate it. Uh, I. Th- think solid story loved the uh, relationship between jim and silver the uh, technology at the time or the effort uh, or budget whatever it was some of some of the cg didn't mesh as well i think that knocks it down a little bit for me i think i'll give it a 3.5 um yeah still recommend it yeah, this is it's a tough one because it, it's enjoyable. It's just plain enjoyable. I mean, if you like, like I said at the beginning, if you like animated movies, it's just plain enjoyable. Yeah. But it also isn't like st- <laughs> puns stellar. It isn't like <laughs> knock out of the park. <sighs> yeah, three. I like I like a three point five. I think that's a good solid rating for it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go three point five. Also, I yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's good. Because I, I, my three point five in my head metric that I'm comparing it against is Return of Jafar, and I think animation wise, this is obviously way better. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, um, yeah. But also, I real I I do like the story of Return of Jafar, and I like those songs a lot. So Return of Jafar has that going for it. So yeah, I think I'm 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 waffling between three point five and three point seven five, but I think I'm gonna go to three point five. Yeah, it's good. I recommend it. it. Has a lot of strengths. The some of the CG hasn't aged as well. That's just an unfortunate aspect of it. Um, there's a really awful fat joke late in the movie, um, but overall, it's really solid and just a fun action adventure 
space opera thing. It's great. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that I have the highest score because I usually don't. I don't but, know if that's but, true. But I always have. You tend to have low scores when it is something that is, is less happy. And you have high scores when it's anything else. Well, I wouldn't characterize this as being extreme. really yeah. happy. I mean, because it was for, I would say. It was just a lighthearted, like, action adventure that ends with, like, the two guys hugging. I'm saying right. that, like, yeah. you don't like, um, you don't tend to it like things that are a little more. Mm. Heavy. heavy, heavy. Yeah, you don't like heavier yeah. things. And I was just gonna say, uh, but like the Batman, me, like the Batman movie that we watched. Like you didn't rate that as high. Like you didn't rate it low, but you didn't. You rated that lower than us because that's not your sort of jam. Yeah, you know. But yeah. you like Disney movies. Yeah. And I was just gonna say, is to me one of the the strongest things that make me want to to rate something high is a compelling story. And yeah. Then, and then doing it, and and I think they did that as well as character development. And, and, and you don't also have to making justify yourself, yeah, no, you know? No, no. I was just kind of su- yeah, surprised. I, well, I mean, I was waffling between 3.5 and 3.75, so. Yeah, we're not I, all way off. I think I'm still going to s- yeah, yeah. keep it at 3.5, but I, you know, I just want to register my waffling Yeah. for, for <laughs> listeners. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say before I do that our outro? Nah. <laughs> Next time, we will be watching a a movie with an environmentalist slant from the 90s. That's what we'll be doing. Captain (laughs) Planet. Captain Planet the movie. Does that exist? I genuinely don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Until next time, thank thank you very much, Ryan, for for being here. Ryan will continue to be here for a bit, um, which we... Is great. We're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and thank y'all all for listening. Continue to like, subscribe, and um, and keep joining us. We love having you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Love bye. y'all. Bye bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Checking my list. Check it twice. Checking it twice. Yeah. Yeah, I beat you to it. (laughs) (laughs) He was naughty and nice. Naughty. Stop it. (laughs) Nope, that's it. (laughs) The inclination (laughs) to sing it. I know, I know. I always sing it in my head, Ryan. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Uh, You you guys have training now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But for me, I'm like. I mean, at least if you had, it would have been pretty easy for me to cut. But, um. (laughs) Like all of this. Um. We can say something?
I was letting Danica get back into intro in the section. <laughs> um, um, you know, I should actually double check what's actually next because I don't remember. So, if any of you guys have any uh, jokes, sing a song that Danica will have to cut. Keep going. I need more of that song. You know she's gonna put that at the end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, only if he does more of it. This isn't enough. Give me more song. Do I want to be a an Easter egg? Yes. The black yes, spot. Yes, you do. Now you. Now I can't. Now you have nothing to lose. I, Sing I more. I can't think of the song. Did you hear us do the duck thing? I did. It was beautiful. Oh, that was so good. Oh, I loved that. Uh, oh, okay. I see what's next. 